Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the 117 Podcast with your host, Rafael Hernandez. Welcome, my friends. After a long two week break, we are back with the podcast. Honestly, this international break really felt like we went uh, a whole a whole press season, you know, a whole two to three months without football. At least that's how it felt for me. And honestly, I'm glad football is back because we really need it. And at last, I have bought a new microphone. For those that complained about the the audio quality, I want to thank everyone because this is really important. You are listening to me and if you can listen to me well, why am I even speaking, right? I think it's the most important part of getting close to everyone is basically speaking. So especially in a podcast, of course. So now I'm back. The microphone is absolutely outstanding. If anyone is interested, I can recommend the microphone to everyone. And I'm just glad football is back, honestly. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of venting here because it's exactly how I feel. So I want to thank everyone again for the support on social media, for asking where was the podcast. Honestly, in the in the past two weeks, we had some stuff to, to talk about, absolutely, but nothing that was as pressing as the, as the subject that we're going to be discussing today. So if you like the podcast, please consider supporting the show and me on, on Patreon. Uh, I have two tires there you can support me with two bucks or five bucks you, uh, this makes all of the difference for a for a better podcast if you support me there i will follow you on social media you can message me anytime you are going to have early access to all podcasts and even a say on the subjects that i talk about here It, when i get to around 10 foot to 15 patrons i'm going to open a a WhatsApp chat too for us to talk every day about football and other stuff. I'm really looking forward to this. So today I am here with FCB historian again to talk about the Goldman Sachs loan and what it means for Barcelona. Thanks, Rafa. It's great to be here once again. So I look forward to our discussion. It should be an interesting one. So let's get started. Yeah, so... As you all know, the, the Goldman Sachs rumors of taking over Barcelona of a sorts or have come to the light again for the past two weeks and it's really legit. It's really happening. Bartomeu and this Barcelona board have in some way that we are yet to understand very well taken a massive loan from Goldman Sachs, which we don't know the exact details aside from what the board has said it's going to be a loan of over 800 million euros it's an absolute fortune if you consider that we have debt that exceeds over 800 million right now too so you have the situation where barca at the end of the stadium reform and everything could be could have a, a debt of over 1.5 billion euros so yeah this This is as ridiculous for me saying as is it, it is to everyone listening. So first of all, I want to explain how how things have gotten to this point. As I'm sure everyone knows, the, the financial management by, by Bartomeu since he was elected president has been absolutely catastrophic. 
you have the situation of players like Sergio Roberto are earning right now over 9 million per year. So you have the situation where players that wouldn't be good enough for mid-table clubs in the Premier League are getting a lot of a lot more money than the top right back performance uh, performance in the world. So you have a Trent Alexander Arnold right now earns two million per per year. You have Kimmich with a little over four point five million euros per year. Uh, this is all after tax. So it's absolutely crazy numbers and. Sergio Roberto is just one of uh, one example. I don't want to be singling him out as some people thought I would do. You have the case of Untiti. Uh, some some say that his salary is nine million per year, but it's actually twelve million per year. And you had the the case of Rakitic too, receiving a massive salary. You have Griezmann who received in his first year at Barcelona eighteen million euros. Now he's he has a progressive uh, wage bump on his contract. So this season he's earning 20 million and the next one he's going to be earning 22 million and then he's going to earn 25 so yeah this kind of management has really put a hole on Barcelona's finances and this is where we get to the Goldman Sachs uh, as you all recall we had last summer uh, in the Griezmann signing that Barcelona took a loan from a bank from a bank we are not we aren't sure which bank they took a loan we just knew that it was an American bank and now we know that it was Goldman Sachs so uh, the board might have tried to cover this up but they, they failed because we now know that over a uh, hundred million of this loan has already been used to pay the players wages so imagine the hole that we have right now but the the focus of the podcast today is talking about Goldman Sachs as a threat to Barcelona because normally this bank does not work uh, in a simply to lending money to others but they actually make entire uh, operations in companies to later uh, resell the, the shares that they bought so they're not going to resell any shares that they bought from Barcelona because Barca has no shares so you have a, a very tricky situation, a very risky, a very dangerous situation because we have seen uh, since Rossell took over Barcelona's president in 2010 that they had rumored to have an intentions to make Barcelona go private and rest of the club away from the from the members. And when you start to see stuff like Qatar's involvement in Barcelona that failed and now Goldman Sachs, we have a big, uh, big problem. So what's next? We don't know. And this gets me very worried. Yeah, I think what you've... Uh you've mentioned just now is um, it's really a uh, serious issue when you think about the uh, the business model that is shifting away from member ownership or let's say from the from the outset really from a club that is owned by members or funded by members to a, to more of a private asset so now uh, i think uh, you know after the failed qatar experiment now we're seeing the move in that in that sort of direction with a more kind of reputable uh, a bank uh, injecting money into the club and you know uh, you've mentioned really really uh, briefly at the beginning how players have um, been put on on insane wages but i think this speaks of a broader issue with regards to the club's prestige as well you know when we go into negotiations now we're, we're no longer u utilizing that soft power 
to bring to bring you know to to lure players in rather we're we're just really basically going ahead and offering obscene uh, uh, amounts of money just to just to uh, you know attract players and really this is this is really um this uh, uh sums up really well uh, how the board uh, is, is sort of uh, approaches and deals with uh, sporting issues they 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 always always think of short term solutions uh, as opposed to uh, kind of long term solutions they they're willing to throw money at the problem and in this case basically just borrow borrow money that they they may not be able to pay back and just throw it at the at the problem so that's that's really uh, that's really an issue in the long term Yes, exactly. And we are not saying that Barcelona are going to be bought by an American bank. It's nothing of the sort. But the problem is this approach by relying on banks and other outsiders, outsiders to actually be financially sustainable is a dangerous strategy because as we have seen with the pandemic, we, we might see another pandemic rap happen in the future. We might see another kind of disaster, uh, economical disaster, uh, causing the the world to go in, in turmoil. We haven't had a, a big financial crisis since 2008. Some people say that we might be close to a new crisis in the next few years. We all know the case of the United States. Uh, keep uh, They keep printing money and this might not be unsustainable, but this is not going to be a, a finance class. What we are saying is we, we have this issue with Barcelona where taking a 800 million loan from another bank You have the situation as follows. Let's say that Barcelona start, uh, does the entire stadium's reform and then they start to pay Goldman Sachs back in 20 to 25 years, which I think is the board's idea. So, okay, we are going to, to have that money in the long term, absolutely, because Barcelona are not going anywhere, they're not going to disappear, right? Yes, but at the same time, we have many threats looming. We already have the coronavirus crisis. And although that we have some possibility of, of a vaccine coming for the coronavirus in the in the coming months, we don't know how, how long this is going to take. We might have the situation where Barcelona goes the entire year of, of 2021 without fans. We already see Barca as a club, the board pressuring the Spanish government to... To allow people in the stadiums, but they keep they keep denying it. And a lot of the revenue that Barcelona earns, uh, it doesn't come from stadium, uh, from filling the stadiums, but it's a it's a very relevant and big part. It, it exceeds over 50 million. So it's not that simple. We might see the clubs going into crisis. We have we have had people saying for over 20 years that the football bubble is going to burst someday so you have so many possibilities that taking a risk over 10 to 20 years it's really dangerous because if you had told anyone back in 2019 that we we're going to have a pandemic that would stop the world and really damage our lives and our football clubs i would say that many people would be not only shocked but in absolute in absolute disbelief So we never know what's going to happen in the next month. So taking a loan over such a long time just 
puts the club in such a precarious position because anything could happen and we might have the, the case of a European Super League in the future. We Spain is not a financially healthy country in the long run. They, they have big unemployment rates. So when you take all of this into consideration, it's very irresponsible to take a risk like this. And most importantly, we have the situation of the board taking this loan without asking the members. They are obligated to to talk to ask the members to vote it on assembly and they didn't do it so we don't know how how did, did they pull this off and it gets to 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 a point that i have talked about many times before the possibility that we have only seen the tip of the iceberg if uh, honest if uh, if a true uh, barcelona fan takes over as president and, uh, next year or maybe this year with the vote of no confidence he might find a lot of things uh, a lot worse than the financial problems that we are faced right now the result against bayern did not just happen by accident it's more mainly the failure of the club on a, on the sporting front on the financial front and you know the, this pro, uh, promise the unfulfilled promise of a revolution that never came and mainly that's that's mainly because uh, we didn't have the financial means to pull it off so that's that's the main issue there uh, we lack the financial means so the club is uh, is at a point where it needs to kind of renew Uh, renew its uh, football team, which brings in the most revenue. Uh, now, when you look at that issue, and now with Messi aging and with the core pl players aging, we're still unable to reinforce the team properly. And I mean properly. I'm not saying that we, you know, just go for for the for the sort of like let's go for the the available players or like low tier players. No, I'm talking about properly reinforcing the club. And now, you know, when you when you think about the situation with the pandemic and with the travel restrictions, uh, fans are unable to fly into Barcelona, you know, and that's uh, and also obviously they're, they're, uh, they have no reason to because they uh, they are unable to attend games at the stadium. So, you know, there's, this is a really sticky situation. And even if the board ends up getting uh, voted out of the club, um, whoever's going to take over, you know, they're going to be in a position that no one... Uh, you know, no one would want to even envy them, you know, let alone be in their position. Because now to be a Barcelona president is is really the worst job, the, the worst top tier job there is, I guess. Yes, uh, I think that few would doubt what you said, uh, because yeah, the, the next Barcelona president, if he has uh, honest intentions, if he has good intentions for the long term health of the club, he's going to be in real trouble because if the club is really making over a billion in, in revenue each year, we don't know if that's accurate too. I know that many big companies overlook the, the, the financial data that Barcelona puts out, uh, but I wouldn't trust even that. It's that grave. And I recall that I would say six or seven years ago when the the stadium reforms started to take form, that's when I got really scared and I was even 
pessimistic about this. People were calling me out. Okay, Rafa, you are ta- you are being too pessimistic about the stadium. It's going to be good for us, uh, new camp new and everything. And what I always used to tell them, and I tell them out now now too. You have the situation of the camp new when when the camp new was was built in 1957. It actually crippled the club financially for over a decade, and many people seem to. I would say I wouldn't say forgotten this because it was a long time ago, but overlooked this because the management at the time it wasn't half as bad as right as it is right now, and you have the real danger of committing to a staging reform where the club wouldn't be in a strong position to take this loan from Goldman Sachs and everything. So the club would commit to a reform without having the the actual funds from it, as we already seen from a loan. But more than that, it's a risk of mortgaging the club's future in the long term. We could have the situation. And I think that that a good parallel to be drawn is Arsenal, because Arsenal just had to stop for a few years and just hold on after the Emirates was 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 built. So Wenger was chastised by 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 everyone for not spending and everything. But it was a, a matter of being sustainable. And of course, there's a lot more money in the in the game than than it was the case in 2006. Absolutely, but the the amount of money required to for stadium reforms has has actually been massively grown so you have the situation with the Tottenham uh, Hotspur Stadium they were supposed to spend something like six uh, or seven hundred million pounds and they ended up spending over a billion so yeah a lot a lot of loans and Le- uh, Levy is a is a very different uh, management uh, his, his his ability at managing a club is much uh, it's it's a hundred times better than Bartomeu so Tottenham are taking a different kind of risk because they have built themselves from the ground up since the since they have they they have bought by they they were bought by a new owner uh by i think it was joe lewis uh, sorry if i if i'm mistaken so you have the situation where barcelona are not in a very good position to take a risk like this and the board are making barcelona take to take this risk without any regards for the long term of the club which we have already seen them doing uh, for for a few years already so lots of Stupid, stupidly high wages, lots of stupidly high expensive signings that don't work. We have the Griezmann case blowing up for the past three weeks, when where he he basically criticized Koeman for not playing him in his best position, and you had the the champs from from the France national team at uh, giving giving Koeman a nod to. And now we have that strong reply by Koeman. So the big point is, uh, this is not on Koeman, this is not on Griezmann, this is on, this is on the people that had absolutely no planning and they brought him anyway. So all of this is really worrying because we don't have enough, we don't have enough details. We had, we had Syria, who who was one of the the people responsible for Barcelona's finances under the Laporta regime, coming out th- this this week and saying that the that Barcelona is in a lot more financial trouble than we think and she said uh, many revealing things things that should that should get anyone 
anyone uh, worried. So basically the Spy Barca, which, which is the stadium reform, uh, the loans have to be taken. They they already have in a way. So the 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 loan for the, to build the stadium is already being taken to pay the, uh, to pay the wages though. So the loan is already being misused. So what what has happened? You have the situation where the the Goldman Sachs might be prioritized over the over the players because we we have had Bart Bartomeu willing to to negotiate with the footballers the the first team and the B team about slashing their wages by thirty percent and of course the players are refusing but uh, basically we are we Bartomeu wants to pay the the players less but they have to keep paying Goldman Sachs whatever they they have. They have agreed with the the bank, so uh, a financial institution, one of the biggest in the world, that is Goldman Sachs, could could really put Barcelona in a tight spot financially. We don't know what could happen because Barcelona right now are a society, so they, it's own it's owned for by the band, by the members. So it's very muddy waters here. And I'm not saying it's going to get to this point, but we have the Milan example. Lots of people like to say that Barcelona might become the next Milan uh, over 10 years in the shadows, uh, really uh, underperforming and out of the radar. But you had the Elliott Fund, uh, Elliott Management Fund take, oh, taking over Milan. They are the Milan owners right now. So the possibility that Goldman Sachs could try to at least, I wouldn't say take over Barcelona, but actually bind Barcelona in some way and make them Barca do a few things that normally they wouldn't do. It's a possibility. And that really worries me because that's the moment where the, the members don't have control over the club right now. But a more up a more pessimistic view would say that we already the the man the, the members already don't have any control over the club anymore because Bartomeu already do whatever he wants and we we know that he is trying his best to stop the uh, vote of no confidence too yeah i think you've you've nailed it basically um one issue that really um that is remains cons consistent throughout this um, whole episode is the lack of transparency. So if you take out a massive loan and you use it for short-term gains, um, which is to pay the players, basically, to sustain whatever sporting project you have, um, this is just really, this is this is deception outright. And, you know, the members are being gaslighted into accepting that as, as a, you know, sort of trade-off because of the whole financial situation, you know, surrounding the pandemic and all that. So it's easy to kind of sell that. Whether the club is going to transform at the end of the day, you know, whether it's going to be sold off, there's a real possibility. I mean, honestly, as you, as you pointed out, you know, nobody expected a pandemic uh, to kind of cripple the world like like it did, but you know, with Barcelona being sold off, hey, you know, it could happen. You know, if if um, the the regime, and I'm not talking about Bartomeu per se, I'm talking about this this <laughs> evil that keeps like um, you know uh, reincarnating over and over again. Uh, if these these sort of uh, big executives like Bartomeu, business owners, take over uh, Barca, then they would do whatever uh, you know, whatever's uh, 
you know, or whatever makes sense from a financial point of view, from a purely financial point of view, and not sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, the decision that sort of takes the members uh, into account or the, uh, respects the democratic uh, heritage of the club. So Barcelona would end up becoming just just another uh, just another top tier club, sadly. So uh, it's going to be in the hands of, of 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 a foreign entity. And even if it even if that didn't occur officially, there um, don't expect uh, Goldman Sachs uh, or any sort of um, in, um, a foreign investor not to have some degree of leverage over the decision makers of the club. And this is where this whole uh, situation becomes extremely dangerous for the future of the club. Because at the time where we're trying to restore the Barca model, uh, people want to turn the clock back and go, go back uh, to the Qatar era. Yes, and as you said, if, if a bank like Goldman Sachs has leverage over Barcelona, let's say that uh, a good president com comes over and he's elected, like let's someone like Laporta and Victor Font come in and they want to bring Mbappe. We had some rumors about this. I'm going to talk about this in a, in a later date. But let's say that we, we want to, to bring Haaland for his clause becomes active for 75 million euros uh, in the I don't, I don't know if it's next year or 2022 I think it's 2022 so the club is willing to pay the clause but then we are faced with a with a strange possibility that Goldman Sachs might say okay you can't you can't spend this money because you you have to pay us and making an investment like this could put us um Would put the bank to to be paid over the long uh, the long term in difficulties. It adds more questions, and you you had you have a problem. Not not that Goldman Sachs is going to directly say Barca, you can't sign Haaland, but they they could say that it's uh, okay. Hey hey Laporta, so you're going to do this, but be careful there because you could have the it could get in the way. So basically, the the next president would just ha have another big head headache to deal with and it's all about politics and pressure for out from outside too it's all very difficult and and i think that everyone has noticed this by now we don't have enough details yet we have speculation we have reports from the media but we don't have full transparency from the board and that's why most of this episode was all about speculating what's going to happen with barcelona and goldman sachs rather than speaking facts Because unfortunately, with Bartomeu in charge, we are in the dark, and there's not much else that that we can do. It's it's a bit frustrating, but it's actually sad. And you have the 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 mess with the vote of no confidence because it was a massive uh, it was a massive success. You had over ninety thousand votes against Bartomeu, and then we had Bartomeu trying to involve the Catalan police in the in the vote of no confidence arguing that there were five signatures that could have been faked. So basically the, the police could have uh, could have come in and derailed the entire vote of no confidence by establishing establishing an investigation. And now we have uh, reliable claims that Bartomeu is using lawyers from outside to stop the vote of no confidence going ahead at the beginning of November. So it's all very, very dodgy and... 
be very dangerous for the club's future because these people don't want to leave the club. They're fighting tooth and nail to stay in. Him. And what's what becomes even more worrying is the fact that if they are removed uh, by the vote of no confidence right now, the board aren't liable to pay for the debt that they cause the club. The debt would come in at the end of the at the end of the ter their term so their term it's going to be suspended so why they don't want to dodge that bullet by by simply getting voted out in the vote of no confidence we don't know there there could be many possibilities many many warning ones but one thing that i know which is absolutely inevitable if a good intention pre present that takes over uh maybe at the end of this year or in March next year, uh, he is going to have to sue uh, the, the previous board because for the financial damages. And maybe that's where they are scared. They're trying to, to plug the holes before the, the, sea, the ship fully sinks. But what they don't understand that they're going to be pushed out of the, of the boat into the sea before they can actually try to plug the holes. Yeah, it's, it's a very tricky situation. So uh, it's already 30 minutes. I want to, to keep the podcast on up to 30 minutes to not saturate anyone. And I have I have made polls on social media asking for podcast length. And most people said that this would be an ideal time. And I'm with you. I completely agree. I want to, to thank FCB's historian for being here again. Always great to have your insight. You're most welcome, bro. Okay, guys. So see you on social media. You know where I am. You can find me easily. And please considering supporting me on Patreon. It's really important. Uh, I had to buy this, this mic out of my own money. It, it's not a problem, but if I don't make the, the podcast sustainable in the long term, it could be it could get more trickier and i want to i want to do many podcasts i want to do many rants on youtube so please considering giving me a hand two bucks per person would would already be a massive help i don't underestimate it take care and see you soon bye bye this was the 117 podcast Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.